Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. What I've seen over the last couple of months is what I call decision fatigue. Uh, in, in crisis, the leader has to make major decisions. And they also pretty much make every decision or feel the responsibility to make every decision. This so is what happened across the country. What I'm seeing is pastors brought all the decision-making power into their own hearts and their own minds. Uh, and they've been making decisions that it really doesn't take a lead pastor to make. And so I'm seeing decision fatigue. You're listening to the words of Scott Rideout, president of the Converge Movement of Churches. And for the next two programs, we'll tap into the wisdom of Scott as he talks about what effects the pandemic and the recent racial uprisings are having on the nation's pastors. Welcome to the program, Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. And all we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. I'm Five Stone Media's Executive Director, Steve Johnson, and our host is Paul Johnson, the lead pastor of Ridgewood Church and a trauma survivor himself first experiencing the death of his wife and then the tragic homicide of his 21-year-old son. So this really is a conversation about trauma. And this is the first of two parts with Scott Rideout. And here to begin the conversation is Pastor Paul. And it's great to be with you with uh, somebody I really respect. And we're going to have a great conversation today about something that's really important. Scott Rideout is our guest. He's the president of the Converge movement of churches. That's about 1,300 churches in the U.S. and around the world. Many of you may know that as the Baptist General Conference, but Scott is also um, a fine pastor. He came to us from uh, Phoenix, Arizona, actually the Gilbert area, Sun Valley, where he had a church there of about 5,000 people. And Scott and I have talked about the Arizona connection before. I pastored in Tucson. I went the wrong way. I ended up here in the frozen tundra, you were smart. You stayed in Orlando. So well done in your decision-making processes. But it's great to have you with us. Thank you so much. I, I moved from the oven to the dishwasher, <laughs> though. Yeah, that's what they say down there. Your glasses are fogged up all the time down there. Hey, uh, Scott, this is a, such a strange time for everyone in America, for uh, those that go to church, don't go to church, congregants, um, but really for pastors and you are in touch with a lot of pastors, you coach pastors, and you kind of get a pulse of uh, what's happening around the country. Tell me a little bit about, if you would, Scott, about how you read pastors right now. How are they doing? What are the challenges that they're facing that are concerning to you at this point? Well, the context of 2020 has been real interesting. We started off the year uh, with record highs in stock market. Um, our, our morale seemed really, really high. Um, there's always underlying tensions in any kind of culture, but we were seem to be navigating those okay. And then we heard about this thing in a foreign land, COVID, uh, in Wuhan, China. And uh, I remember in uh, mid-March, it hit us. And I, I don't know if we thought we were uh, invincible or if we thought it wouldn't hit us very hard. We had different opinions on that. But to move from total freedom to total lockdown in a, in a span of a couple of months, really shook uh, our pastors, shook our nation. Um, 
and so we had uh, for March and April, I really feel like our pastors did really well. They, uh, they adjusted quickly. I think it's easy to make change when it makes sense to everybody. And so our, you know, our, our congregants were uh, understanding uh, in most places. And, uh, and so we made those changes, but we're a very um, impatient society. And so we are very, uh, we, we focus more on our rights than our responsibilities in most cases. And so the pastors have had the hardest time uh, because there's this bandwidth of decision-making that, uh, that they have to make, and the people in their congregations have different, different spans. So some wanted to open up two months ago. Some said, you know, this is against Scripture not to be open. Uh, some said, I'm never coming back, and I'll always be online. And, uh, and pastors have to carry the emotional weight of those things. And what I've seen over the last couple of months is what I call decision fatigue. Uh, in, in crisis, the leader has to make major decisions. And they also pretty much make every decision or feel the responsibility to make every decision. And so what happened across the country, what I'm seeing is pastors brought all the decision-making power into their own hearts and their own minds. Uh, and they've been making decisions that it really doesn't take a lead pastor to make. And so I'm seeing decision fatigue across the country. I'm also seeing this incredible innovative spirit. Uh, uh, people are redefining the church. The church is not a building we sit in. It's a movement we choose to be a part of. The church is not the programs at the building, a facility. It's the people of God doing the, the, the purposes of God for the glory of God. And so I'm, I'm seeing this, this tension between great innovation and exhaustion happen right now. And then add on top of that what happened with uh, George Floyd in Minneapolis. And you're just, you're just, you're just putting another area, a uh, level of pressure on pastors and, and how to respond, when to respond, what to say. And again, you've got that bandwidth of opinion in your church and your community. And uh, it's, it's a heavy, heavy time for those, uh, those in ministry right now. So I'm seeing some exhaustion. I'm seeing some, um, um, some excitement. And it's kind of a mix between the two, depending on what day you talk to the pastor, because it's, it's just, mm -hmm. it's, just uh, it's a lot to carry. And the, the, the mantle of leadership is a heavy mantle at times. That's so good, and here's where I feel the tension, and you're right about all everything you said about the wide ranges of views in your own church and other pastors, and, and now here in Minneapolis, it's a flashpoint for all of this other stuff, but where I find it to be so strange is the men I usually call my mentors, the experts I usually read, don't know any more than I do about what to do next, and so you're you're kind of going on gut instinct. You're, you're, you're counting on the power of the Holy Spirit, but you're not quite sure if you're down this track or that track. And I find that to be very isolating and lonely at times. We're, we're definitely seeing that. And I, I know that in Converge, we've had quite a few uh, Zoom meetings. Uh, I actually met with the Wisconsin pastors when a few weeks ago uh, they said that the stay-at-home order was unconstitutional. And there were 67 pastors on a call that Friday saying, do we open up this weekend? And, uh, and it's, it's like, okay, this is the difference between, between could and should. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so let's talk about and have some wisdom on how we, how we approach these things. You know, God does give us wisdom. He, he does give us discernment. And the, the, the hard part for most pastors is they want to get it right the first time. And uh, so I started off that call saying, hey, just so you know, whatever decision you make, it's going to be wrong. Uh, it's not going to be the right decision uh, because yeah, right. it's, 
it's, you're going to have to become a master of mid-course correction. You're going to try things, you're going to learn from it, you're going to experiment, you're going to get better at it. But as long as you're faithful to the gospel, as long as you're listening to the voice of God, as long as you're, you're trying to, to honor him, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. So, in other words, what you're saying is, don't try to be perfect. And maybe the other part of that is, communicate to your people that, hey, I'm willing to be not perfect. And if this doesn't work out, we'll come right back to you and we'll tell you and we'll move in a different direction. Because, you know, there's, there's always this expectation that pastors know everything. And we know that we don't know anything. So maybe this is a good time to admit we don't know that much and allow them to pray for us and allow them to be a part of that decision-making process. Yeah, I think this is the, the beauty of the plur plurality of leadership in the local church where you're, you're not alone. I mean, God's with you, but also you've got a leadership team normally that's with you, uh, whether it, they're a staff or whether they're lay leaders. Um, the, the church was designed relationally. It was designed that we, we, were, we were better together. And so hopefully they're, they're leaning into the leadership circle and not just themselves. And, and, uh, and so hopefully they're, they're doing that. You know, I, I've created this paradigm using 1 Corinthians 10, verses 23 and 24, that I ask pastors to walk through uh, with, their, with their leadership. And uh, maybe uh, at some point in time, people should look at that. There's several questions that are generated from the from that passage, um, you know, the questions like, is it permissible? Is it constructive? Uh, you know, is, is it uh, uh, is it others oriented? Is it God honoring? All those questions come from uh, they they come from that that short passage in First Corinthians ten, and giving your leadership a track to run on for conversation or deciding what to do is just a wise thing. And then beyond that, how do I communicate that to the congregation? And uh, so I've been talking to congregations about, you know, before they come back to the building, you have to assume that they've never been there before and actually take them on a video tour, reminding them of what the building looks like, of uh, what the seating's gonna be like, what they would experience as they open back up. Uh, don't, don't assume, hey, everyone's gonna come back because what we're experiencing around the country, especially in Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Texas, and now California just is gonna be opening up this weekend. We're not seeing droves of people run back to the church. We're seeing 50% at best. Yeah, because there's a, still a concern about safety. There's a concern about children's ministry. There's a concern about singing. Uh, we're not a people of fear. We're a people of faith. At the same time, we have to be wise about this, this, this epidemic that, uh, of, of COVID that's happening in our country. So there's, there's a whole lot of factors in the season that pastors are just trying to figure out. Are you concerned about mental health when it comes to pastors as they kind of grind through this period of time? Yeah, it's been the number one conversation that I've had with uh, our district leaders. It's been a conversation yesterday among uh, my leadership team about the concern for, for pastoral health. Uh, be before all this came out, I, uh, I have a talk that I give to our churches, and I, I started giving it last, uh, last fall. It walks through Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And I ask the question, uh, where are you getting your life-giving thoughts where are your life-giving relationships? And what are your life-giving activities? Um, there, there's a new normal uh, in, in church today. I was talking to a pastor in Iowa recently, and he was frustrated because he was working all day, and then at night, uh, elders were calling him, people were calling him, he was ministering all night long, and he was, he's been doing this for several weeks, he was just exhausted. And I said, well, if you know you're gonna have ministry every night, why don't you take mornings off? 
And he simply never thought of that. He never gave himself permission to create a sustainable pace. And so this mental health thing is really about sustainability, emotional sustainability, physical sustainability, relational sustainability, spiritual sustainability. We've got to ask sustainability questions in this season because we can't just take the weekend and throw it on, on the screen. We, it, that's not what you do. Uh, we can't just do business as usual. Everything has changed, and so we should give ourselves permission to change our routine as well. Our rhythm's been broken up. Just a reminder that you are listening to The Conversation with Pastor Paul and Converge President Scott Rideout. And a reminder that a video version of this and other programs such as this can be found at fivestonemedia.com slash life support. And now back to Pastor Paul. So how do you then make a delineation between work and home? Because before this hit, you know, I could pretty much put my to-do list down, the big stuff I was going to pick up the next day. I knew there would be some, you know, texting and stuff in the evenings and all that. If I had a meeting, fine. I don't know where that is anymore because everything I do is laying around my house, staring yeah. at me. <laughs> and uh, and all of us, you know, when you're and so if you've ever heard uh, Henry Cloud speak about the psychology of crisis, he talks about three things in crisis that you lose. Uh, one is you lose connection. So in COVID, we lost connection with people. The second is we lose our rhythm. And third is we tend to feel like we lost our purpose. And so what I'm seeing in this uh, scenario is that we've been able to reestablish connection, dig at least digitally and now in small groups. Uh, we've been able to reestablish purpose. Again, the church has been redefined. It's not a gathering of people. It's the going of people. But the rhythm piece is the hard one. And so rhythm always begins with communication. Um, so you need to communicate with your spouse and with your family about the expectations of work and home. Um, you know, it, 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 and also with your, your elders or the leaders of the church, what their expectations are, are of you. And you just create a communication of, uh, here's what I'm thinking about doing, and here's what, so even like that person I was talking about in Iowa, uh, talking to your elders about the fact, hey, I'm gonna take mornings off, and um, because I, here's what my experience has been in this season, and that's it was, as long as you're you know, accomplishing your job, most elders say that, that makes sense, but also talk to your spouse, your family, listen, mornings are for you, and I wanna make sure that uh, we take advantage of the mornings and redesign your schedule in the morning for, for your family so that they understand that I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you're first in the day and I'll spend the rest of the day uh, working and just, just those expectations. Most of us haven't given ourselves permission. We think we're, we're nine to five uh, and then we're nine to 12 on the weekend and you know nine to five on Monday through Friday. We're just, we can't think that way. We can't operate that way. Um, God is gonna give us wisdom, but we've actually got to, to recognize we're not in the same routine. We're not in the same situation. I mean, think about it in Acts, in Acts chapter two, Pentecost happens, 3,000 people come to Christ. And if you read chapter one, all of them are sitting in one room, praying together, trying to make decisions about what to do next. Well, now they can't even, there's 3,000, there's 120, now there's 3,120. They can't meet in the same place, so they're meeting from house to house, and they're, you know, they're, they're figuring out new ways of doing things. We've gotta give ourselves permission uh, to have a new routine in a new season. Scott Rideout is our guest. He's the president of the Converge Movement of Churches, and we're so thrilled to have him with us. We're talking this week about how pastors are working through this pandemic and trying to come out of this pandemic. And Scott, what about staffs? You know, I mean, most of us have a staff that we watch over and that we try to motivate 
and many of those motivational tools are changing. Sometimes, you know, in the mornings we do a staff call each morning, and sometimes my staff looks like they're just, like, not ever going to recover. You know, they stare at me with these blank eyes. How do you shepherd a staff well? You're trying to get through this yourself. How do you do it with your staff? I, I think really there, there are two major energies for the pastor, two major focuses, if you will, um, that they need to have. And one is on the advancement of the gospel, the preaching side of things because of the digital world we're in. Uh, this, is a, this is really an Acts 6 moment uh, on that side of things where it comes to the, the point, you know, where in, in that passage, uh, the Grecian widows are not getting their portions uh, of food, their distribution of food. And, they, and they, they, the apostles say, you know what? It's not right for us to do that. And so we got to focus on, on the word and prayer. And they got other godly people to do that. Uh, but it's also an Acts 8 moment where uh, the people are dispersed. I don't think this is a disruption. I think this is a dispersion. And so you know, here we are. Our, our teams are the most important part of, of the dispersion of, of ministry, where we have to empower them to accomplish ministry in a different way, different context, we have to encourage them. But you're right, I, I'm, what I'm seeing, like I have a staff in Chicago and I have a staff in Orlando. Um, we've innovated how we meet. And so every Tuesday, I have been having a prayer meeting with the Chicago land people and the Orlando uh, people. And even, I, we weren't doing that before, by the way. I was just flying up there every once in a while. But I think we're gonna keep doing this. Uh, it's a new innovation for us. But I'm seeing the same thing you're seeing, that there's, a, there's an exhaustion. And so, I, there's a, there's a, there has to be a fun part. There has to be a celebration part. We can't just do business as usual. It can't be just a management meeting. There has to be celebration in the meeting. There has to be training. They have to be growing. They have to be inspired. And uh, so I have this paradigm of, of, of a good meeting. And the paradigm is, is this. There's got to be connection to God. There's got to be connection to each other. There's got to be connection to training. And there's got to be a connection to mission. So God, others, training, and mission. And a great meeting has all those, all those things. Um, they have a relational aspect, a spiritual aspect, a missional aspect, and an educational aspect. And so as you design meetings these days, they want to walk out and say, well, I'm not sure what that was about. You don't, you don't want them to say that. You want them to say, okay, I feel more equipped. I feel more encouraged. I feel closer to God and closer to my team. And I, I have marching orders. I think I know what I'm supposed to do. That's a great meeting. Uh, and so we just have to rethink those things. But like I said, there's a new pace to ministry as well. Uh, if I were you, you know, if you see your, your, your team is exhausted, I would just stop the conversation about the routine and just say, guys, you look exhausted. Tell me about it. And I would just turn it into a prayer meeting and say, guys, I believe in you. I, I love you. I'm grateful for you. Um, and, and let me just say one more thing about this. Um, I've been telling churches in this season, there, there are three mindsets that have to, have to be the foundation of everything we do. The first is humility. Uh, we don't know what's happening, like you said before. Uh, we're going to ask God for wisdom. And God gives us wisdom that we need, but uh, we got to be humble about the fact that we don't know what tomorrow brings, and so we've got to trust Him for that. So there's a humility. Second, there's a gratefulness. Uh, there's a lot of grief because there's been a lot of loss and fear and pain. And so grief is a part of those things because we've lost things. But the opposite of, of grief is gratefulness. Grief focuses on what we've lost. Gratefulness focuses on what we have. We've got to turn our minds toward gratefulness. 
and, and not and, and away from what we've lost and say, God, thank you for what you've given us. And then finally, humility, gratefulness, generosity. Generosity means we're, gonna, we're not going to focus on ourselves. We're going to focus on others. We're not going to live for ourselves. We're going to live for something bigger than ourselves. We're going to live for others. So when you have humility, gratefulness, and generosity, and that's part of your, your staff um, essence, part of your mindset as a staff, you're going to have a healthier staff team. Um, and what I do sometimes is I, I see people on the, on the talk, uh, on, the, on the call, and I'll call them later on and say, you didn't look good. What's going on? And I'll just be their pastor. Uh, not their boss, but their pastor. And say, I really do appreciate it. Why don't you take some extra time off? Or why don't you give them permission um, to, uh, to create margin in their lives. Because some of them just, they're, they're watching kids and they're teaching kids and they're, their spouses work, they're at work. I mean, it's just, it's a crazy season. So it's sustain, sustainability, again, is, is one of the issues. Do you cut them a little bit of slack and maybe not expect as much from them during this period of time? And kind of, you know, as leaders, we want to crack the whip, right? And let's, let's get to work here. Is that reasonable during this period of time? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're in crisis. I, and, and I don't, I, I, I know we're, we're over, you know, the, the initial parts of COVID and now there's a the return, but, uh, but absolutely, you've got to have different expectations uh, during different, different times. You know, imagine, so let me give you a, a crazy example. Imagine um, that your, your, your spouse, your wife is a marathon runner, um, but she is now eight months pregnant. Do you really have the same expectation of her routine of running at eight months pregnant as you did when she was not pregnant? It doesn't make any sense. You're going to have a different expectation. I, I think this is a good comparison of what's happening in church today. We've got to have a different expectation. And, and what I would just tell you is there's, there's, a, there's principles of connection, and there's principles of ministry, but, you, but you've got to have a different ex expectation in this season and help your staff. Don't assume they're as intuitive as you are as a leader. Um, typically, there needs to be a prescriptive side uh, to, to crisis. You're much more prescriptive in crisis. And so like I, when I first began and my office closed, I sent a letter to my staff, my immediate leadership staff, and said, uh, here are the three things I want you to accomplish over the next few weeks. I want you to meet with your teams. I want you to figure out communication to the area of ministry that you have. Uh, and, and I want you to, to, to figure out a new rhythm of what work and home is going to be like. Those are my instructions. Um, and they did those things well. And I gave them more instructions later on. But I, but I was prescriptive, saying, There's three, if you do the three, these, these three things, I'll be pleased. And that was, that was just, just what they needed during that time. Yeah, we're shepherds, and we need to shepherd the people that work for us as well, especially right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. All the things we're feeling, they're feeling, and maybe more. So it's tough yeah. for everybody. Scott, when we uh, come back next week, and I know you've agreed to be with us next week as well, I want to talk to you about how congregants can help their pastor during this time because many of them are listening right now going like yeah man my pastor you know I, I haven't seen him for a while or maybe she's really struggling and maybe we can talk a little bit about that thanks so much you know maybe you're listening right now and you're struggling and and you're thinking this pandemic is going to be really rough on you but let me just encourage you that God is with you he's full of grace there is hope in Romans 8:18. The Bible says, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And so eternal glory is out there and it's waiting for us. But God has a purpose for us now, too. But just remember, even in those darkest moments of despair, we have lost a lot. Uh, we're seeing friends get sick. 
Um, and if you're a pastor, you're wondering, you know, how's your flock doing? How am I going to get this church reopened? Which is way harder than closing. I just want to encourage you that God loves you. He'll strengthen you and he will establish you. And so we're so glad to have you along on life support. What we do here is we tell stories to help you find a deeper relationship with Jesus through suffering and trauma. And so thanks for allowing us to spend some time with you. I thank our wonderful partners, Faith Radio, Five Stone Media, and Ridgewood Church. We all work together to produce this program, and each of us has a website, myfaithradio.com, myrwc.org, and fivestonemedia.com, where you can watch a video version of this show. And I'd love to check you out on Twitter at Pastor Paul J is my handle. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time on Life Support. Thanks to Scott Rideout for being today's guest. I'm Five Stone Media Executive Director Steve Johnson, proud to be co-producing this with Ridgewood Church. Our mission statement is to use story to bring hope and healing for those in need of change. And you can find out more about us at fivestonemedia.com slash life support. And you can find many other programs like this in video form on our Life Support YouTube channel. Again, the website to find out more is fivestonemedia.com slash life support. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next time with more from Scott Rideout and Pastor Paul. listening to this life support podcast these conversations are available because of listener support you can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com to avoid missing future editions of life support subscribe to the podcast today at itunes or your podcast player and thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support